The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Chicago Bears fans, I'm not going to waste any time today. I want to jump right into the show and talk about what transpired down at training camp this week. Uh, my name is Lester A. Wildfung Jr. and this is... T-Formation Conversation. We are part of the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel, and I am joined today via Skype again by our guy Jacob Infante, who is actually down in Bourbonnet right now, and he just took in Tuesday's practice. Jacob, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Lester? Great to be on again. Awesome. Yeah, so so when I was at camp yesterday, I thought Mitch Trubisky looked, looked solid. I think it was one of his, his better performances. You know, he wasn't flawless. He had a, a few head-scratching throws, but, but all around, I thought it was a good performance from him yesterday. So how did he look today? Well, I do think that Trubisky looked pretty good. Uh, compared to when I was down there on Friday, Trubisky was definitely a lot better, a lot more accurate with his throws. Uh, Decision-making, like I said, wasn't really an issue on Friday. It was just the ball placement. And the ball placement was a lot better today. Uh, fewer mistakes. He had two picks, but both of them uh, were because of his receiver. Uh, Allen Robinson slipped on his first uh, interception, and then Adam Shaheen dropped the pass on the second one. So overall, it was a pretty mistake-free day, and it was definitely uh, a good performance for Trubisky today. When I was there yesterday, it seemed like he had a little extra zip on a lot of his passes. Did you notice he had uh, some some good uh, 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 good velocity on his passes today? Oh uh, yeah, I think the velocity overall was more impressive uh, today than it was when I was down there on Friday. Was there? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say, there's one play in particular where he hit Javon Wims in the middle of the field. I don't remember if it was an in or a slant or a cross or something. But uh, Wims was running a route that had him going across the middle of the field, and Trubisky absolutely hit him with a laser. It was the hardest pass I've seen him throw uh, in terms of velocity, and it was really impressive to see him get some zip behind those throws. Was there a lot of deep ball stuff? Because I know that was a criticism of Trubisky... You know, the last the last couple of weeks here in camp is deep ball, a little underthrown off and the, off and on. And yesterday he didn't do a lot of stuff deep. Uh, was there any of that going on today? Uh, no, there it was the same thing that you mentioned. Not a lot of uh, deep action today. A lot of shorter and intermediate throws. Uh, when he did throw deep, he wasn't bad. Uh, wasn't perfect either, but I, he was better than he was when I was down there. But overall, not a whole lot of deep stuff today. Okay, so I've been at camp a couple times. You've been at camp a couple times, and and here's what I noticed: in, in some of the drills and in, in some of the seven on se- seven on seven stuff that he's doing, um, he seems to be throwing late on occasion. I think that's what a lot of uh, fans are tweeting about is some of that stuff. And, and now part of that is because 
the defense he's facing, they, they know what the Bears are doing. They, it's a 7-on-7 seven seven or it's a drill work, so they know it, it's a pass play. And I think uh, it was uh, at, at yesterday's post-camp uh, presser, head coach Matt Nagy talked about it. Yeah, he said that with no threat of the run, uh, the DBs and linebackers can cheat a little bit. So, so honestly, I'm not worried about the bad throws in, in some of those settings. Is that kind of where you are on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily too worried. Uh, I mean, obviously, you would prefer a little bit more consistency, but overall, you know, you factor in the defense and you factor in that it's a 7-on-7. Seven seven. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily the end of the world that he's not playing perfect. Uh you know, obviously, like I said, you know, accuracy would be ideal if it were more consistent. But like you said, I'm not really too worried. Yeah, I think the most important thing with him in camp is, is how he processes what he sees and and, and and where he's delivering the ball. And and, and these are things that, that was brought up by the, in the press conference by Matt Nagy yesterday. And, and, and plus, when they go over the tape and, and they watch what they did at practice, you know, they'll understand a better idea of what he was looking at. And if he's seeing things and if it's just a tick off because of the coverage or something – that's nothing to worry about. I mean, are you still expecting a good year out of him uh, in, in 2019? Yeah, I mean, I'm still expecting a good year out of him. I'm My expectation is that he will break the passing yards record yeah. if he stays healthy because he was on track to do that before he missed the two games. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, it's not a very high bar because no Bears quarterback is thrown for you know more than 4,000 yards in a season. But I think Trubisky can get that or at least come close. Uh, I don't know how much of a breakout year he'll have if he has one, but I, I'm expecting good things. And like I said, I think his ceiling, like I mentioned on Friday, I think his ceiling is an above-average quarterback. And my expectation is that he'll develop into that this season or at least come very close to that. Yeah, I'm with you on the record. I think that he's going to break Eric Kramer's passing record, which I believe is uh... – uh, 38-38, and I think the touchdown record, I think he has a chance at that too. I think the touchdown record is 29, so I'm with you. I'm expecting a, a big year, and I'm expecting the, those records to fall. Yeah, I mean, they're not necessarily super high marks, uh, which kind of says a lot about how the Bears, you know, history has been a quarterback. Yeah. But I think with the weapons they have and the skill set that Trubisky has, it's definitely possible. Cool. I want to talk a little bit about the receivers. Uh, rookie uh, uh, Riley Ridley, he seems to have no lingering effects from the pulled hamstring, and it sounds like he had a real nice day today. Is that true? Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Riley Ridley was a guy I was pretty high on uh, in the draft prospect. Yeah, I, I remember process. that. Yeah, I had him as like an early third rounder, I believe. So to have him fall in the fourth round was you know, pretty amazing, I think. And what I saw today basically confirmed what I noticed on him on tape. Uh, he's incredibly fluid. I mean, he's such a natural athlete. The way he, you know, the way he runs, the way he flips his hips, the way he changes direction, it's it's pretty much flawless. And he can like sink his hips and dig deep to make sharp cuts. Uh, as far as route running goes, I think he was the best route runner today, and that says a lot considering the you know route runners that they have on the team. But Ridley just looks so fluid and natural you know, in space, and I think that he put together a really good day, uh, especially coming off of an injury. That was even more impressive to me. Yeah, when I was there yesterday, he didn't he didn't get many, many balls thrown his way, but in, in some of the drills I watched him, and, and like you said, he looks fluid, he looks athletic. You know, he doesn't have the, the top-end speed. That was one of the knocks of him coming out, but but if you can run your routes with precision, you know, that adds some, some, some football speed to you, right? Yeah, absolutely, and uh, 
this is in no way a comparison of skill sets, but Antonio Brown didn't run the fastest 40 yard time. I believe he was like a four five something, four five, yeah. four six or whatever. Uh, something along those lines. And he's one of the best route runners in the game and he's, you know, on another level. So that's just proof that you don't necessarily need to be a four three burner to be a stellar receiver in this league. And you know, like you mentioned, Ridley doesn't have that top end deep speed, but he's a very precise route runner, and I think that matters more in the long run. You know, the, the chemistry between Mitch Trubisky and, and second year pro Anthony Miller, um, so far in camp, it hasn't been the best. I've heard some people actually question uh, whether they're on the same page in, in some instances. But you got to think about Anthony Miller did not uh, participate in some of the some of the OTAs. At, at least he wasn't participating fully because he was coming back from that, that injury, the, the sh- uh, shoulder surgery, I believe it was. Um, but did you think they looked a little better? Because when I was there yesterday, they looked a little better. That They were on a page a few times. They had some good chemistry. Um, did you think the chemistry improved between Miller and Trubisky today? Uh, yes, I definitely believe that. Uh, I was overall, I think Anthony Miller had a good day. He didn't necessarily stand out to me in a good way when I went down there on Friday. But today he looked good. Uh, he was a very precise route runner, as always. He's able to get consistent separation. There was one play. Uh, Trubisky hit him on an out route, and Miller was able to drag the toes and stay in bounds. You know, well-placed ball, very, you know, sharp route. And I think the chemistry is still developing, and it could still get better, but I definitely think they've made its big strides today. You know, we're talking about uh, basically the, the, the third wide out and the guy who's probably going to be the fourth or fifth wide out. You know, and, and, you know, these guys are talented. You know, we haven't even talked about the starters, Allen Robinson and, 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 and Taylor Gabriel. So, Gabe, any other thoughts on, on the, on the uh, wide receiver position today? Uh, I do think Marvin Hall had a bit of a disappointing day. He's had a very good camp, but he had three drops today, which oh. I think was pretty disappointing. Uh, ultimately, I do think he makes the 53-man roster right now, you know, just based off of his speed and his special teams ability. But from a receiving standpoint, he had a uncharacteristically down day. Uh, Javon Wims had a good day, as usual. He's put together a very nice camp. Uh, Robinson Gabriel, it didn't, you know, too much of them today. Robinson Gabriel looked solid as well. But ultimately, I think that today was about a lot of the backups, like the three, four, and five receivers. Those are the guys that you know, got a lot of the reps, and those are the guys that took advantage of that and made big plays. You mentioned Marvin Hall, and he had a nice day when I was there yesterday. You know, you mentioned fluid. He looks really fluid. He, he's a really a, a quick guy. He has, he has, I think, is a, a legit four three guy, and you know, he just looks fast. I mean, this is a guy that I thought was kind of a, a roster bubble guy after the Bears made their other changes. You know, this off season, but. Like you said, I think he's going to stick because he does add that value to special teams. You know, uh, not only as a guy that can return kicks in 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 in, in spell of uh, uh, Patterson on occasion, but he can cover kicks on the punt return and on the uh, on, I'm sorry, as, as a punt gunner and on the, and a kickoff gunner too. He he can bring that aspect to the team. Yeah, and I think that with some of the losses that the Bears had on special teams, you know, Josh Bellamy's gone, uh, Benny Cunningham's gone, Daniel Brown's gone. Those are some. Uh, you know, pretty big names on special teams that aren't on the team anymore. So, you know, like you said, Marvin Hall's got a lot of versatility on, you know, kickoffs and punts, and I think that that will get because if you look at the receivers right now, uh, not many of them really hold much special teams value. Yeah, that's true. Starters. You know, Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller has some 
kick return value. Uh, but like the backups, Riley hasn't proven anything yet. Emmanuel Hall hasn't proven anything yet. Javon Wims hasn't proven anything yet. And though you know those guys have more upside as pass catchers, I think that with backups, you're also factoring in special teams for guys that you can actually give playing time to. And I think that's definitely going to play in Hall's favor. Yeah. So when I was here yesterday, I was not impressed with Adam Shaheen has kind of been the story of his career so far uh, one of the few um, it looks like one of the few you know big misses from from GM Ryan Pace um, did anything from Adam Sheen stand out today to you? Uh, not necessarily which I think in some cases is a good thing uh, Shaheen looked a little bit better today uh, still didn't look great I mean obviously the, the athleticism and fluidity is kind of lacking but he didn't really look bad there was one play after practice on the middle field that I noticed he was able to make an over the shoulder grab uh, in the end zone which I found to be impressive but overall in just like 7 on 7 drills and positional drills he looked alright I mean at this point I think that is what he is he didn't look bad per se but I don't think he is necessarily fantastic either now, this is one of those guys that he had a basketball background. I mean, he, he played basketball in college, and, in, and then he ended up going to play football. Uh, I have not seen that that athleticism from him at all, even when he was first came in. And I know he had some injuries, you know, your last few years, but I just haven't seen the athleticism at all from Shaheen. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Uh, I remember in the draft, a lot of people were touting his athleticism for his size, but... I, th- I personally thought that it was exactly that athleticism for his size, not necessarily athleticism in general. I mean, you can be a big guy and be quick for a big guy, but that doesn't mean you're quick. Yeah. And I think, I think that that's what Shaheen was. And I also think he benefited greatly from playing against subpar competition at Ashland. Uh, so, I mean, I saw the upside there. So I wasn't terribly upset with that selection, but he hasn't, proven those athleticism concerns that I had from coming out. Yeah, so uh, uh, Coach Matt Nagy talked a little about Ben Broniker today at his, at his post-camp uh, presser, uh, saying he could play both the U, which is the, the move tight end, and the Y, which is the inline tight end. Uh, do you see Broniker having a nice role this year for the team? Yes, I do. Uh, he's been getting a lot of first-team reps, you know, with Shaheen recovering from the injury and uh, Trey Burton not practicing. And I think he's made the most of it. He's looked solid. He hasn't been bad in any stretch of the way. You know, he looks he looks serviceable as a replacement with the first team. And I think that that versatility, you know, as well as the special teams value, is going to give him a, well, a guaranteed roster spot, but also a decent amount of playing time on both offense and the third phase. You know, you mentioned uh, Trey Burton, and usually whenever Trey Burton is mentioned, I, I'm always hammered by guys on social media you know, saying how, how bad he is and, and, you know, just just, just taking shots at him. Um, do you think he'll have a nice year this year? You know, for the record, I don't think Trey Burton is bad. I don't think he's as good as his contract uh, lived him up to be, though. And I think that this year he was okay. He's not terrible, like some fans are saying. Yeah. But he also wasn't great, like his uh, 88, I believe, Madden rating indicates. Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, that one was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. But I uh, I think Trey Burton will have a solid year. I don't know if he's a long-term guy going forward. I mean, that remains to be seen. But I think he can be a solid player, 
I'll, I'd have to look into his contract to see if there are any potential outs in that deal. If you know he doesn't do well, then the Bears could potentially cut him and save yeah. a lot of cap space. But overall, I'm expecting him to have a solid season this year. I don't have incredibly high expectations just because there are so many other weapons on the team. But I think he will put together a decent year. I mean, the Bears sign him, and it's 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 the nature of free agency. You always overpay a little bit when you're getting someone else's uh, a player. And I think he's the eighth highest paid tight end. And if you look at the numbers where he finished as far as receptions, uh, touchdowns, and yards, I mean, he's in that range. You know, but, but some fans want to look at him like he's the next Travis Kelsey or, or George Kittle or, or, or one of these elite tight ends. And that's just not what he is. He's a, an average to above average tight end. He fills a role in this offense, which is very important for the Matt Nagy offense. You need the, a, a move tight end. And he fills that role. So I think he's... He's serviceable. He's capable for what the Bears want to do, but but he'll never be a, a Pro Bowl guy, and he's never going to be an, an 88 Madden guy in real life. That's just not what it is. And then if you talk about the ratings, you know, Pro Football Focus said Burton rated as one of the best blocking tight ends in the game last year too. Yeah, I mean, I, that's something I disagree with. <laughs> I think that I, you know, clearly that Burton is a much better receiving tight end than he is a blocking tight end. But, I mean, I don't want to get into that too much. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I think Burton does have a good role in this offense. He uh, his skill set matches what Matt Nagy likes in his offense. Uh, again, like I said, I don't know if he's a long term guy, but definitely in the short term, the Bears can afford him for this year with all the rookie contracts that they've got. Yeah. So, you know, I'm expecting a solid year out of him. You know, Ryan Pace always has those outs in his contract, and Burton, I believe, has one after this year. So. If it's to the point where they need some cash and, and he's not living up to the contract with, in, in their eyes, they can always make a move. And, and if that does happen, you know, the Bears have, have, I think, four undrafted free agent tight ends in camp right now. So did any of those four stand out to you today? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, when I was down there on Friday, Ian Bunting put together a good day. Today, I think Ellis Richardson put together a good day. Uh, he's more of an unsung guy. He's lower on the depth chart than uh, Bunting and Dax Raymond, who uh, I actually had as like a mid-round talent. But Ellis Richardson had a good day. Uh, he showed, you know, natural ball skills as a pass catcher. He showed that uh, he can extend very well and high point the ball at a high level, which I think is very good. Uh, I don't know necessarily how high his chances are of making the roster, especially with such an influx of talent at tight end, all those you know roster bubble guys. But I think there's a chance he slides on the practice squad. And if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't make the cut and the Bears choose to add, you know, Bunting or Raymond if he doesn't make the team, then I could definitely see Richardson uh, sneaking on to another team's practice squad or potentially even a roster if there's an injury opening. Yeah, I think the Bears are going to at least keep one, uh, possibly two guys on the practice squad. You know, and and he's talking about Ian Bunting. Uh, Ian Bunting, did you see his rap video? I did not. I <laughs> I heard about it, but I haven't gotten around to watching that yet. I'm gonna have to do that when it's I. It's not bad. He he raps. He sings a little bit. It's kind of a, a old school R and B flavor with like a, a remix. But uh, it's 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 interesting. It's definitely he he seems like a character, and that he would fit right in the, in the locker room. Um, so, so I want to go to offensive line. Uh, you know, that's actually the toughest thing to analyze from a, from a training camp uh, practice perspective. But did anything interesting happen for the big guys today? Uh, not in particular. Uh, James Daniels did look pretty good, though. Uh, been 
trying to check out his snaps to see how he's been doing and adjusting to that center role. And he's been pretty good. Uh, since I've been down there, he hasn't had any bad snaps. I heard he had one yesterday. Yeah, one yesterday. Yeah, one bad snap yesterday. But today he didn't have any. He looked pretty good. Uh, Rashad Coward got uh, was going up against Khalil Mack. They had the two, uh, second team offense going up against the first team defense, which I thought was just cruel. But <laughs> they had Khalil Mack going up against Rashad Coward, and Mack absolutely crushed him with a club to the ear. Which it's not fair. Just, yeah, that hurt me just <laughs> looking at it. Like Mac is so obviously powerful, and like I like Coward, but at the same time, it's tough to guard someone like Khalil Mack. But yeah, that, that's a mismatch every every day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, overall for the offensive line, I didn't notice anything bad. That's good. I mean, I do, I do think the backups were a little bit underwhelming, uh, especially the, against the first team defense. They got destroyed, but that's to be expected. But the first team offensive line did look very good, and I think that's a good sign. So how big a deal is it that Kyle Long has not missed a day of camp so far? I think it's pretty good. Uh, he's looked good in practice. I haven't noticed him doing anything bad. And I think it's a good sign that he's, you know, he's shown he's fully healthy. You know, he's moving pretty well. So I think, you know, that's a good sign, especially with all the injuries he's been dealing with the past couple of years. And I think if he stays healthy, he could be – you know, a solid piece of this offensive line. I mean, he has that Pro Bowl pedigree at both right guard and right tackle, you know, so he has that going for him. And he, like I said, I've always said when he's healthy and he's right, you know, he's just such a, a physical mauling presence on that line. And, and he brings so much stuff to the, to, the, to the team as well for the intangibles. He's a great leader in the locker room, and, and the guys really, really uh, uh, look up to what he has to say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he fits that, you know, personality, rough and gritty, you know, lunch pail guy that a lot of Chicago fans like in their athletes. Uh, he plays a big role in, you know, the culture in the locker room there, and he's a, a true veteran presence, and I think that he's, uh, even if he's maybe not as good as he used to be on, on the offensive line, I think he's still a valuable part of the team. Yeah, so I, I guess we may as well uh, just, just uh, wrap the entire offense up. So what are your takeaways from the running backs today? From the running backs, I would take away that David Montgomery is still very good. Uh, he had a, another very good day. Uh, he looked very good on Friday when I went, and he looked very good again today. He's just so fun to watch because he can do a bit of everything. He's so like elusive. His lateral agility is impressive. And he also runs with power. He didn't have any plays where he trucks multiple defenders and carries a pile. But he did show toughness in between the tackles today. Uh, and he also looked fluid in, uh, as a receiver out of the backfield and lined up wide. He did run a very smooth hitch. And uh, I don't remember if it was scrimmage or seven-on-sevens. But he looked he looked like a natural out there as a receiver. And I am just – I'm very excited to see how he fits in the offense because I – was a big fan of his skill set and watching him in camp. I think he's going to be the real deal. You know, the fact that he can actually, you know, split out wide and actually run routes, that's going to open up a lot of stuff for uh, for Coach Nagy. Oh, absolutely. Having, you know, not only one but two guys, you know, him and Cohen, that can line up wide. And Mike Davis is a good route runner out of the backfield. That offers so much versatility for the offense, and it makes, you know, 
it makes their offense so much more tough to stop for opposing defenses. Definitely. So let's jump over to defense. I want to start with safety and Ha Ha Clinton Dix. You know, he's he's unofficially the starter as, as the uh, the Bears released their their depth chart, their unofficial depth chart today, uh, which is not a surprise. But how did he look running around today after coming back from the pup? Uh, Ha Ha looked solid. He wasn't necessarily spectacular. He didn't have any like big plays, but he did look good. Uh, they were able to move him around a lot. They had him a little bit in single high, but not as much as I was expecting. Uh, and they didn't have him in too high too much, which I was personally thinking they do a lot more because both Eddie Jackson and HaHa, you know, they specialize when they're up deep in the defensive backfield. But they had him on in man coverage a little bit. They had him lined up in the slot sometimes. Okay. And he held his own. He held his own. He was going up against... Uh, Taylor Gabriel, I believe, a couple times, and he looked decent, not entirely out of place. So he put together a good day. Uh, not necessarily spectacular, but he didn't do anything wrong either. You know, those those safeties from Alabama, they understand how to play defensive back, whether it's corner slot, whether it's anywhere on that field. You know, Coach Nick Saban will move his, his DBs around, and I think that really bodes well for them when they come to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen so many guys, not only – Eddie Jackson, haha Clinton Dix, but so many other defensive backs from Alabama these past few years come in and excel. You know, guys like Landon Collins and, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick has been pretty good. So I ultimately think that they've got two very good safeties. Uh, well, one elite one in Eddie Jackson. Yeah. And haha, I believe, is a reliable safety. I don't know necessarily how he's going to be in run support this year. But I think in coverage, he's definitely going to offer uh, a little bit more versatility than Amos did. You know, I, I don't think Eddie Jacks, or I'm sorry, uh, Clinton Dix is as physical as Adrian Amos. He's obviously not not as technically sound in, in certain aspects of his game, but he doesn't shy away from contact. I mean, he will stick his head in there and, and try and make a tackle. Yeah, and I do agree that Amos is better in run support and he's more physical. And when it comes to the safe play, uh, he's better in that regard, but I also think that HaHa is more of a playmaker than Amos is, and, you know, like you said, he's not entirely afraid to, like, you know, lower the shoulder and get his nose dirty, but it's going to be interesting because it's a different skill set, you know, the two very different players at the safety position, and I guess we're just going to have to find out and see uh, what Coach Pagano has up his sleeve for using him. Yeah, if you talk to Packer fans, they'll say that he is—he's uh, horrible. Um, you know, I—I I, I see some of the stuff that they're trying to say about what he did. You know, he just didn't look like uh, the Pro Bowl player he was when he was early in his career. But I—I uh, I, I wrote about it last week. How much is that? Ha, Clinton Dix just being on a bad Packers team. I mean, sometimes you know you play to the talent around you, and I'm say, not saying that's that's a, a pass for him, but it's human nature. I mean, he knew his team was was bad. His defense wasn't the best, and. I think being in a new environment, uh, the new culture of the Bears, um, um, super, super talented players around him, I think he's going to have a nice year. Yeah, I believe that he's definitely going to benefit from playing on a more talented defense. Uh, I do think from you know just a personal level, he regressed a bit on the field. But I do think that you know overall, he didn't have as much talent. Uh, even in Washington, when he was there, I think Washington had... Uh, at least on paper, uh, a little bit more talent than Green Bay's defense did last year. But I think that HaHa will benefit 
from being on a better defense. I don't know necessarily if he's going to return to his Pro Bowl form. I personally doubt it, but I think he can definitely improve a little bit and uh, rebuild his market value for when he becomes a free agent next year. And that's that's his plan, obviously. He signed the one-year deal, basically prove it. He wants to get that one nice contract before his career uh, rides off in the sunset. So, so the unofficial depth chart we talked about also lists uh, Bilal Nichols as the starting uh, uh, defensive end opposite Akeem Hicks. Again, it's not a big surprise. Um, but how good can Nichols be in 2019? Uh, I believe that he's got a lot of potential, definitely. Uh, when I saw him coming out of Delaware, I saw a guy who was raw but definitely had potential. Uh I believe he's got a lot of the physical tools to succeed as, you know, a defensive lineman in the NFL. And, you know, when it comes to just, you know, the pure hand strength and the acceleration off the snap, I think that he's definitely, you know, got a lot of room to grow. And on a snap-by-snap basis, he can get, you know, more consistent in a lot of different ways. But I think the physical tools are definitely there. And, He's going to get a lot of one-on-one blocking situations with guys, you know, Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack rushing the passer. He's going to get a lot of one-on-one situations, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good year. Is uh, uh, Let's go to linebacker. Is, is Roquan Smith still fast? Yes, very <laughs> fast. <laughs> he looked very good out there today. Uh, they, had, they were running some, uh, like, dime packages on 7-on-7, seven seven, and they took him out for some of them, which I was a bit confused by. I saw that they, on, on, on Twitter, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, they put Trevathan in, which I personally don't agree with. But when Roquan was out there in coverage, he looked at home. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter, he's got that sideline-to-sideline side speed that very few linebackers in the NFL have. And I think that just makes their defense that much more dangerous when you've got a linebacker with not only that much range in coverage, that much range as a tackler. I believe that with his athleticism, he's never truly out of the play, which is going to make their defense that much better to have a guy on the second level who's as athletic as he is. You know, if you watch him play, you know, at Georgia and then with the Bears last year, you know, there's just so many times where he, there's just a blur on the screen and you're like, who, who the hell is that? And you look at it, it's, 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 a, it's a middle linebacker. It's Roquan Smith. It's just ridiculous how quick he is. Yeah, and I think that the instincts started to uh, – definitely pick up near the end of the year which allowed him to play at full speed uh if you turn on the tape you'll see multiple plays of him you know running from sideline to sideline on like an outside zone run or something and then he'll just be able to reach from one side of the field to another and just absolutely obliterate the uh ball carrier and i think that you know with another season in the defense and an actual training camp this year to prepare for the year I believe that he could very well have a breakout year that could end in at least an all, uh, at least a Pro Bowl. Yeah, appearance. for sure, for sure, that's happening. He's making a Pro Bowl. He's just uh, he is that damn good. He's that guy. He's the guy the Bears drafted, and he's going to have a, a real nice year this year. Uh, you know, uh, any, any of the backup linebackers, whether outside or inside, stand out to you today? The backups? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I do think the backup edge rushers struggled a little bit today. Uh, against both the second-team offense and the first-team offense, although that's to be expected. But neither, none of their uh, backup edge rushers seem to be particularly fantastic. Uh, linebacker, I didn't get to see as much of Joel E. Booneyway as I liked. Nice. Uh, he put together a good day on Friday. Uh, they didn't put him in as much today, but I do think he is a you know pretty valuable asset going 
forward on special teams and potentially as a Trevathan replacement. I mean, we don't know. We haven't seen him play on defense enough to get a verdict on that. But I think the physical tools are there. Uh, other than that, I don't necessarily think any of the backups really stood out to me. And they weren't bad, but, you know, they were just decent. And that's kind of to be expected for backups, but it, it was a little disappointing to see, you know, a lack of a true breakout candidate. Although I will say, I will say Matthew Betts. There it is. I was waiting for the Matthew Betts comment. Okay, what do we got? Matthew, is he great? Is he going to make Betts, it? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think he'll make the fifty-three, but I could see him sneaking onto the practice squad. He did have. He had one very good play where he was able to, uh, you know, do a rip move on Bobby Massey, bend underneath him, and he would have been able to, you know, bring. I think Trub- Yeah, probably Trubisky was in at the time. Bring him down for a sack in a real game situation, but it was impressive to see that athleticism out of him because he is, you know, a good athlete for his size and especially if he's doing that against a starting offensive tackle in the NFL, I think that bodes well for him as he makes the transition from a Canadian college football into the professional American game. Yeah, I think with Betts, you know, he, he obviously has uh, the athleticism. You know, uh, if you watch his tape at, at, uh, at, at, the, at the college he played there, he's going against guys that just, you know, they have no chance against him. So it's kind of hard to translate that. But, but you know, I kind of watched him a little bit when I was there the, the, the couple times and, like I said, nothing really stands out in, in a positive way, but he does look like he belongs in camp. He's not he's not uh, he's not really uh, overmatched too much. He just has to work on his technique. He has to work on getting everything fluid with with what he's trying to do with his hands and his feet. And I think, like you said, practice squad guy for sure. Yeah, and I think that he's a guy you, you know stash on the practice squad, uh, develop his technique a bit, get him some more reps against you know NFL players in practice and I think you know if all goes well he's a decent backup edge rusher you can use on special teams and use as maybe a rotational guy I mean I don't think he's ever going to be like a legit starting edge rusher but I think that next year if they choose to keep him and and he decide you know and he develops pretty well then he could be a more realistic candidate to make the 53 man roster yeah, the Bears got to find a young outside linebacker to groom and, and to, to kind of have in that role. Right now, I don't really see that guy in the roster. So, 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 so the, the the Nickelback battle was an interesting one heading into camp. Um, but so far, I think Buster Screen is, has been distancing himself from rookie Duke Shelley. Did anything stand out from either of these two nickels today? Uh, yeah, I think that in terms of uh, snap like consistency, I think that Screen is the guy. I mean, there are some chances you know where Duke Shelley doesn't he he looks like a late round pick he doesn't necessarily always look like the unheralded sleeper prospect who can break out and develop into a starter although he did have his what I believe to be his first interception of camp today where I don't remember who's running the route but he timed his jump very well he read Tyler Bray you know like a book yeah and he was able to jump the route and show off the athleticism and the instincts that got him drafted in the first place and I thought that that was a very encouraging play because we hadn't really seen too many like splash plays from Shelly in camp so far 
know, I think with Screen, he has a reputation for being a little more physical, a little more handsy. I know he has a lot of uh, pass interference penalties, but I was actually joking with uh, with with our guy uh, uh, Robert Zaglinski yesterday at camp, and and I, I was telling him that with the Bears' pass rush being so good, maybe the pass rush will get there before Screen can have a, a pass interference penalty. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I think that Screen does have you know a role in this offense. I mean, this defense, rather. Jeez. All right, but I don't know necessarily if he's going to be the starter for the whole year. I mean, that remains to be seen, but I do like his versatility. I think he can play, you know, in the nickelback position in the slot, and he can play outside as well. So if Shelly does happen to supplant him, then Screen can be a good, you know, a good fourth cornerback, put him in in some dime looks, and also you know, get him outside as a backup in case, you know, Fuller or Mukamara get hurt. Yeah, you mentioned Mukamara. He's had a really nice camp so far. Are you expecting him to have another big year? I could definitely see it. Uh, he had both of Trubisky's picks today, and uh, he's he's looked good in camp. I yeah. mean, a lot of people write him off as, oh, he's going to be gone at the end of the year. I'm not so sure because even though the Bears would save a lot of money by cutting him, they also don't have a replacement on the roster yet. I mean, Kevin Tolliver has shown some promise, but I would not feel comfortable with him you know, stepping out on the field right now and being a starting cornerback alongside Kyle Fuller. Uh, so I do think that Amukamara is hes an underrated piece on a defense that really doesn't have a lot of underrated players because everybody already knows that those guys are so good. But... Yeah, he's had a very good camp, and I'm expecting a solid season out of him. He's very underrated. He's he's been a really good professional here. I think this is his, his seventh or eighth year now, you know. But but he's been solid his whole his whole career. He's he's a physical player. He likes playing a, a, a press man coverage. He kind of gives that a different dy- dynamic to what the Bears are doing on defense. So I'm expecting another big year for him. So so, so these next few questions uh, I asked you, you know, last time I had you on Friday. So I'm gonna do it again. Uh, so give me your camp MVP from today on offense. On offense today, uh, I'm going to have to do a tie. I know that's kind of cheating. No, I like it. I like it. I'll do a tie between uh, David Montgomery and Riley Ridley okay. with Trubisky very, very close. Nice. Maybe nice. maybe a three-way tie. There I you might go. do a do three-way it. tie. The, with every, Montgomery, the, 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 Ridley, the, 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 the whole offense is great. Let's name them all. Yeah, let's just like yeah, name everyone. <laughs> but, yeah, those guys all put together very good days. You know, I've talked about all of them. Uh, especially Ridley, I was very encouraged to see him recover from his injury so well and look like the guy that I watched on tape at Georgia. I think that even if he doesn't have a big role this year, down the line, I think he can be a very valuable asset in this offense. You know, Coach Nagy actually talked about Ridley a little bit at the post uh, camp presser, and uh, you know he was happy. He's happy with what how he's looked. You know, there's no lingering effects like we talked about from the hamstring. So, you know, I mean, his roster spot was never in jeopardy, but I think it is good to see him come out here and, and look good the last couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with how many guys they have at receiver who could possibly make the team, I mean, Ridley's not really fighting for a roster spot, but he's fighting for snaps. And I think that with his performance today, he definitely uh, 
helped his case a bit to have a more involved role in the offense going forward. Nice. So over on the defense, same question. Who was the uh, camp MVP on the defense for uh, for Tuesday? On the defense, I would have to go with Prince of Mucamara. Uh I mean, it, I, I put Khalil Mack, I believe, as the defensive MVP last time. And he was very good, again, as always. But I don't want to you know, seem repetitive. So I'm going to go with the Mucamara. He had two interceptions, and uh, m- most of them were, you know, just because, like, the receiver he was guarding screwed up because Shaheen had the drop, and then that bounced off of Shaheen and then into Mukamara's hands, and then on the other one, Robinson slipped. But it also showed very good situational awareness on Mukamara's part. Yeah. It showed good ball skills. He was able to track the ball down well, and he looked, you know, very natural pe- uh, catching those passes. And I think that, you know, even though he's a veteran, I still think that, Amukamara can you know continue to get better, and I'm I'm pretty optimistic with him starting alongside Fuller. I, th- I think they've got one of the best cornerback duos in the league. You know, I mean, as Bears fans, we saw a few years ago, um, maybe a little longer than a few, but we saw Tim Jennings, who was a veteran. He kind of came to Chicago, and he never was known for interceptions. Then he really just as as his career went on. He, he got much better at it. So this with with Amukamara, he's, he's never been known for getting interceptions, but I think he had two last year. He's had a, a, a few in camp already, so maybe he's a guy that's worked on his hands and, and he's going to have his best year ever. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, especially with the talent the Bears have up front to rush those passes and to force you know bad throws. I don't know if you'll. I don't think you'll get to you know the Jennings level, even though you know it's it's a, definitely a similar situation. Either they're both. The veteran players, uh, Mukamara was rather underwhelming for his first round uh, positioning, but I do think he's developed into a good starting cornerback. And I'm I was impressed with what I saw today. I think he's got a good spot in this defense going forward. Definitely. So I asked you this question last time, and I think I kind of uh, 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 shocked you a little bit, and you weren't ready for it. But I'm going to ask it again: Was there a player today that kind of surprised you? A guy that you weren't expecting to be as good as he was today, and he kind of like, oh yeah, I have to uh, double check the roster and, and just see who exactly who this guy is. Is there a guy like that today? Uh, I would say Ellis Richardson. I mean, I've heard some good things about him in camp, but I didn't necessarily see too much of him when I went on Friday. Today, like I mentioned earlier, natural hands catcher, good ball skills, able to high point the ball, extend it very well. And, you know, like I like I said, it's going to be tough for him to make the roster, but I think with this performance in camp from what I've seen him from what other people have seen, he's got a spot somewhere in an NFL organization. I think the key with any undrafted tight end is they have to, to – not necessarily be a good blocker at this stage in their career, but they have to be at least a willing blocker. If they have to show that they're they're, they're going to get in there and, and, and try and get physical with the player, and if, is that is that something you saw from him at all when you're watching him? Uh, I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't really see too much of him uh, as a blocker. I mean, when they were doing seven on sevens, they had all of the tight ends, you know, running routes except for Bradley Sowell. They had him uh, dropping back and pretending to do pass protection a lot. So I guess that kind of indicates his role. He's just a, you know, a, a blocking tight end, which isn't necessarily surprising. That's fine. Yeah, so I, I honestly couldn't speak too much as to how he was as a blocker, but as a receiver, I definitely think there's upside there. Nice. I'm glad we snuck in a Bradley Sowell mention today, though. That was good. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, Jacob, thanks a lot for jumping out with me. Uh, you know, since I'm an awful host, I didn't plug your stuff yet. Uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find everything you do online? <laughs> it's all good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Infante 24. Uh, I cover the Bears, obviously, here at Windy City Gridiron. I also do NFL draft stuff at USA Today's Draft Wire. Awesome. And that is our time, guys. Thanks so much for listening to T-Formation Conversation, uh, which is actually one of three shows on the uh, Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. Uh, also, guys, make sure you subscribe and rate the show, do all that stuff. And you can check out all my stuff, of course, at WCG. Uh, you can follow the entire Windy City, City Gridiron crew on Twitter at WC Gridiron. And also, please follow me as well on Twitter at WiltfongJR. So until we meet again, bear down, my friends.